0: What awakened me? I asked in my dream. <clears throat> you awaken yourself, answered a voice nearby. I turned about, but no one was near. <clears throat> Who are you? I asked. I am that something, came the reply. But where are you? I am hidden in your soul. For some moments I thought over what was said, then I stammered, How? How did you get there? I was born there. Why have I not known you were there before? No man knows it, answered the voice, until he awakes. Are you in other men's souls as well? There is that something in every man's soul which can move the mountains or dry the seas. Then you must be faith. Yes, came the answer. I am faith, but I am more. I am that which makes the men face the fires of hell and win. Then you must be confidence as well. Yes, I am more than confidence. I am that which makes the babbling brooks lift worlds upon their wavelets. You are power, I cried. Yes, I am more than power, answered the voice. I am that which makes the wretched fail lift himself up and rule the world. Your ambition, I know you now. Yes, I am all that you say, faith, confidence, ambition, power, and more. For greater than all is that something. I am that which every man must find in his soul, or else he will be but a clutterer of the earth on which he lives. But how can man find you, even as you're finding me now? First you must awaken, then seek, and when you have found, you must learn to control. Control what, I has confused? That something. Borrow it from your soul and baptize your life with it anoint your eyes that you may see, anoint your ears that you may hear, anoint your heart that you may be. But tell me, I cried frantically, for the voice was trailing to almost nothing. How can I do this? How, how? This is the secret, came the voice to me as a whisper of a gentle breeze. These words, I will. That was some of the opening lines to B.J. Palmer's Bigness of the Fellow Within from 1949. The big question is, what will you do? Do you have that something? Do you have that something? Or did you have that something? And over the course of you know 10 quarters uh, of schooling, you've kind of lost that something. You're no longer feeling you know, that something anymore. That's the question. Do you have that something? <clears throat> the last maybe four or five new patients that I've had in my practice, we had a child, a two month old child with torticollis and nursing problems. We had. Uh, a pregnant mama with twins, uh, and both of them were in not perfect vertex position. We had another pregnant mama who came, came in last night for her first adjustment, um, uh, and she's having all kinds of pain and stuff, and she's never been into a chiropractor before. That's pretty cool to have someone at 30 some weeks pregnant and never into chiropractor before. And this is her first experience like that. I'm I'm digging that. Right? Um, we had a child on the spectrum, a nonverbal child on the spectrum, and we had another child who's, having, um, who's three years old, who's having walking difficulties. Every time they're walking, they're kind of turn, turn, turning their toes in and stuff. That's like the last five new patients. Notice there's something I didn't say in any of that. What's that? Pain. It wasn't pain. I'm not seeing people because of pain. Pain is boring. Pain does not give me that something. Now it might for you, and that's totally cool. If someone's really rocking on making people have less pain, great, it's just not for me. Once again, like a, and I've said this before, it's not that I don't see patients in pain because a lot of times I'll see the moms and the dads of the kids who have pain because they're picking the kids up or whatever. So of course, of course we're gonna see that. <clears throat> but that's not my thing, that's not my jam. You know, my jam is seeing the pregnant mamas with issues, with the breech babies and the twins and the issues (coughs) that come with pregnancy. My jam is seeing the babies who can't walk, who can't talk, (coughs) who can't nurse, who have colic and reflux. That's my jam. My jam is seeing the kids with ear infections, the kids with autism, the kids with ADHD and learning disabilities. (coughs) That's my jam. And to me, it's a much more fun practice. To me, when you have that kind of practice, there's an unlimited possibilities of that somethings. Because I feel like, like he's saying here, you're all those things, your faith, confidence, power, ambition, and more. <clears throat> there's something greater than all those things, right? It's, this isn't about money. I'm not doing this for the money. I make a lot of money, but I'm not doing this for the money. The money is a byproduct of what? Of service. Right, the more you serve, the more you'll make. And you guys have to really understand that. I know it's very scary right now. You guys are thinking because I know I have four interns right now, and all of them is like we have four interns that are graduating this quarter. So all of them are saying, "Oh my God, we're graduating. Do we have to start making money right away?" I'm like, "Why? We got to pay back those loans. That should not be the top priority of your brain. The loans will be paid back." All of them will be paid back. At some point know that you're gonna make enough money to pay those loans back. And even though you say, oh my God, $200,000 is a giant amount of money. I'm telling you, it's not. In the long scheme of things, it's not. <clears throat> now, if you come from nothing, like I did, and my parents, like, like I told you last week, were living in this little shell of an apartment, right? If you come from nothing, then $200,000 sounds like a lot of money but I'm telling you in the grand scheme of things, it's not. In the grand scheme of things, <clears throat> your license is worth millions. I don't know how much I've made over the course of my chiropractic lifetime in 30 something years, but it's millions and millions and millions of dollars. So <clears throat> if you think about that amount of money to earn it's really just a little itty bitty percentage. But you gotta put this, in, in other words, in order to buy the ticket to get in, this is the cost of the ticket. You guys get that? Right? You want to see Taylor Swift? Well, if you want to see Taylor Swift, right? It's gonna cost, or the Rolling Stones that are coming in a couple of weeks, right? You want to see the Rolling Stones, it's gonna cost you 150 bucks to get a ticket to go to Phillips Arena or whatever they call it. Right? That's just the way it is. It's the, yeah, that's ridiculous. I shouldn't have to pay $100 to see Mick Jagger and those guys. Mick Jagger's like almost 100 years old. <clears throat> so what? That's how much it's gonna cost, right? Mick Jagger says, you know what? I am 75 years old. If I'm gonna play in front of a giant packed arena, I'm gonna like, make a lot of money off it. I'm not gonna charge $10 a ticket. I'm gonna charge $150 for the nosebleed seats because I deserve that because I worked damn hard for the last 60 years playing for the Rolling Stones, right? And he does deserve it. God bless this guy. How many other rockers are still alive and kicking this long if they're all the crazy stuff this guy must have done to himself, right? So let's think about that chiropractor. You say, $200,000, what a rip up. No, it isn't. This is your ticket in. You got to get, you want to go from this point here of not being a chiropractor, this point here of being a chiropractor, you got to do certain things. There's some hoops you got to jump through. One of those hoops is you got to pay 200 grand to do it. But that's your ticket in. Because once you get in, it's a great ride. You know, you're gonna, okay, it's $100 to see Rolling Stones. Yeah, but once you're there, aren't you going to have a great time? Listen to all these great tunes that the Stones have played since 1960s? Absolutely. I saw the Stones a couple years ago. I could not believe the un- unbelievable amount of energy these 70-year-olds have. I want to be like that when I'm 70-something years old and have that amount of energy to play three straight hours, non-stop, no breaks, hardly taking any water. That was incredible. That was a great show. It was worth $150 per person for me and my wife to go. But that's the key is I had to pay the money to enjoy the benefits, right? You wanna enjoy the benefits. You wanna have a practice of your dreams. Then you better start creating it and better stop stop being mad about the cost of what it's gonna cost to get you there. Stop worrying about that. That's not the problem, right? The most important thing you gotta figure out is who do I want to be to those patients? That's what you gotta figure out. What is your that something? You gotta find that, You gotta and you gotta start defining, what is my ideal practice gonna be like? <laughs> start defining that now. What does my ideal patient look like? Because if you, I'm telling you, if you don't do this now, you'll have a harder time when you graduate trying to figure this out. So start doing it now, because prepare now, right? This is like Olympic training. This is like going to Colorado Springs and being an Olympic training. This is your Olympic training, and when you graduate, they're giving you a medal and now you gotta go out there. Right? And the only difference between the Olympics and this, is the Olympics is a one time event, this is gonna be the rest of your life. Because the rest of your life you're on stage. The rest of your life when you are in front of those patients, you are on stage. Especially in my kind of office, we have an open adjusting office. My, My front area is about as big as this front area is over here and I have five adjusting tables and me and the interns are on stage all day, every day adjusting in front of everybody. That's called the Olympics, right? Because not only is that patient, uh, you're dealing with that patient, but all the other patients are watching you deal with that patient. And your staff are watching you deal with that patient. And I listen to my CA when she answers the phone and a new patient calls, and she starts saying the stuff I say to the patient, she starts saying it to them. Because she's heard me a thousand times saying those kind of things. So when they say, does Dr. Rubin help kids? With, you know, who are on the spectrum? Does Dr. Rubin help pregnancies? And shall I could hear her answer, all the right answers, because we trained her and she's heard me say over and over and over again. And that's the whole point. That's the beauty behind an open adjusting area is that everybody learns, right? There's nothing wrong with a closed adjusting room. I had closed adjusting rooms for the first 12 years of my practice until we moved down here. But closed doesn't, isn't great for patient education. Because nobody knows what's going on except for you and that one patient. It's like you're wasting all these opportunities, right? Now, if you go into a practice and that's the way it is, that's fine. But once that practice becomes yours, knock those walls down, right? When I first walked into this, <coughs> this new place, uh, we were building it out. And I said, this wall comes down and this wall comes down and this wall comes down. And the, <coughs> the landlord was like, what? Like, what kind of an office are you making? I'm like, I just want rooms around the perimeter of the the place. I don't want anything in the middle. I want this big, giant, you know, 1,500 square foot open area right here in the middle so I can put these five benches there. And he's like, uh, okay. We're knocking walls down instead of putting walls up. So you don't need doors? and No, I don't need any of that stuff. This is all I want. I just want open, right? Because I want to see, I want the lay of the land. I want to watch myself... The interns, I see my front desk person over here, I watch people come in and out of the front door. I wanna see the whole thing, right? <clears throat> and if you're in my office, it looks like you're in a kindergarten. That's what most of my adult patients say because they're all these young kids running around you know, having the greatest time, because they love it, there's one little girl yesterday. This is, you wanna know my dad something? Here's my dad something. There's one little girl yesterday, she comes in, this is her 10th adjustment, because it's her first re-exam was yesterday. She opens up the front door, it's over there. She walks in, she, she's one year, she's two years old. She points to me and comes sprinting into my arms. And I pick her up like this, and I hold her, she gives me a little kiss. I'm like, this is why I do what I do. Right? I want these kids to be so enamored with everything that we do, because it's so gentle, and it's so loving, and it's so specific, and it's so helpful. This little girl, she can't verbalize, thank you so much, Dr. Rubin, because by since I've been getting adjusted, I'm sleeping better, and my tummy is better, and my nose is better, and I'm not coughing as much, and that supposed asthma thing I have seems to have gone away. She can't say that, but she knows somehow or other, she goes to this dude, and this dude touches certain areas and plays with me and tickles me, and somehow I'm feeling better. And even though her little two-year-old brain does not have a prefrontal cortex to put all that together in a logical fashion the way I just did, her little limbic system, her hippocampus, and her amygdala, and her ganglion say, this is good, 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 right? There's something about this, this person, this is good, Right? I have a child on the spectrum yesterday. Dad comes in and says to me, um, he said, we just got a, every couple of months they have like a, a parent-teacher conference, just like they do in, in a regular school. And kids uh, who go who are on the spectrum, they usually go to special schools or have special classes and they have conferences too. And he said, this is the first time that he's gotten A's essentially on all the different things that he does. Now this child is not speaking. He's minimally speaking. So he says just a few words. So we're not talking about he's taking tests the way other kids take and he's doing things. But on the, the test that he's been given, he's getting all A's. First time ever. He's eight, nine years old. And he sat up yesterday after his adjustment and he waved like this and he said, bye. That's my jam. That's my, that's something. That's why I do what I do. Because And he looks at me in the eyes. The dad, dads and moms of kids on the spectrum always say, my kid doesn't look people in the eyes. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. You just have to figure out how to get them to look in your eyes. You have to approach them on their level. You have to reach them on their plane, wherever they're at. He knows in his brain at eight years old, he knows even though he cannot talk to me, and say, thank you, Dr. Rubin, I know what you're doing is turning on different brain areas and you're reestablishing new patterns so that all the stuff that was working incorrectly, I'm rewiring, I was disconnected when I first met you and I'm getting more connected. He can't say that, right? But I know what's happening because I watch it and I've watched this for years and that's why I do what I do. And of course, even if you want to think about back pain, it's the same thing with back pain. It's just not as fun. Uh, But with back pain, you're rewiring them too, right? You adjust them and they come in and say, oh God, every time I move it hurts. And you adjust them a couple of times and then they say, wow, it feels a lot better, right? Well, it's because everything rewired. But it didn't just rewire here where you touched them. And that's what you gotta tell them. Even if you're gonna have a back pain practice, you gotta tell them, I'm not rewiring your back, I'm rewiring your brain. This is all about the brain. Everything we do is about rewiring the brain. You can't touch a person without touching the brain. Every, you, I, you can't even talk to a person without rewiring their brain. If someone comes in and they have a mouthfeel, you're like, I can't help you. If, and you watch their brains, their brains will be like, what? Like right, in a in certain areas. But if you say, oh yeah, we've seen this many million times before. Many times before. Like yesterday, this pregnant mom, she comes in and she's, I said, 30 something weeks pregnant. She's having all these issues. And I said, you know, even though you're a unique and special person, because uh, everybody's unique and special, I said, what you're, what you're dealing with is not unique or special. Commonplace we've seen a million times before. If I did an fMRI or a, a PET scan of her brain at that moment, you would have seen like, oh, like, oh, good. Because nobody wants to be like, I never saw this before. Right? That's really not the place that people want to be, right? So what we say changes people's brains. What we do changes people's brains. That's that something. That's that something. So when BJ says, anoint your eyes that you may be, anoint your, uh, that you may see, anoint your ears that you may hear, anoint your heart that you may be, that's what he's talking about. He's like, dip into what chiropractic really is. Dip into the fact that you are affecting them on a much bigger level than just a touch level, than just a pain level. Right, that's just the tip of the iceberg of what you're doing. So understand that, and when you start really studying that, when you read green books and you read chiropractic papers and you read scientific journals, and you and you really immerse yourself in whatever it is that you that's your jam. I don't care what your jam is, but immerse yourself in that jam. You become more and more like focused and enamored with whatever that is, and now you start becoming the person you want to become. right? Don't focus on what you don't want. Don't focus on how much it's costing, how many hours you have to do this, how many state boards you have to take, and national boards. Don't focus on that. That's just the steps. right? You're not here to take boards. You're here to become a chiropractor and serve the people. right? That's why you're really here. <laughs>